Good morning. Let's get straight to markets. Take a look at the impact for the indices. Factual. Succinct. All you need to know before your trading day starts. Subscribe to our newsletter, CNBC's Daily Open. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Valley, the podcast that explores the world of tech. I'm Tom Chitty and with me is CNBC senior tech correspondent Arjun Karpal. Our main story this week is whether we're on the cusp of a widespread regulatory crackdown on big tech. The UK recently became the latest country to call for an anti-competition probe into Amazon and Microsoft's alleged monopoly of the cloud computing market. It comes off the back of several other investigations in the US and EU which challenge the dominance of global tech companies. We'll be looking at the impact, if any, on investors and whether we can learn something from China's own regulatory push. Beyond the Valley. We were driven there by concerns about competition in the cloud gaming market, making sure that that market, which is developing rapidly, remains open to competition. This lawsuit is fundamentally about protecting free and fair competition. We think this might restrict competition in the future and make it harder for rivals to challenge Amazon and Microsoft effectively. Beyond the Valley. How's your week been, Arjun? Uh, It's been good, Tom busy you you've just come back from a little vacation haven't you yeah i didn't i haven't mentioned it uh didn't want to make it public but you have done that now so that's that's fine well, everyone uh, should know you know what you've been up to <laughs> what glamorous locations you've been holidaying in well exactly uh, a bit of south of france went to see a sporting event and that was fun um and yeah, so no, it's been it was a good good week, good week. But we still did the pod, so that's all that matters to to our listeners. Yeah. Got out. It was a good one as well. Generative AI. If our listeners haven't heard that one, they definitely should. Yeah, was that the last one? That was the last one. Okay, I'm getting confused with. God, there's been a few, hasn't there? Because we're just we've just got so much to talk about. That's what it is. There's a lot. A lot has happened over the last seven days. A lot has happened. And we're going to get into it. But before we do that, I'm just going to flag uh, that later in the episode, we'll also be discussing another story about how China are trying to boost its computing power, which sounds really interesting. And I'm looking forward to finding out from Arjun all about that one. Um, And just to remind our listeners that if you have any questions on what we've discussed this week or past episodes, then email beyondthevalley at cnbc.com. And we will answer them right here on the podcast. Okay, before we get into our main story, we have, of course, got to hear Arjun's stat of the week, which is 69 billion US dollars. Okay, 69 billion US dollars. And usually it's in relation to what the what was sort of the main story of the week. Is. That's right. Yeah. Okay, uh, which uh, leads us nicely onto the main story of the week. Uh, UK regulators have been asked to investigate Amazon and Microsoft's cloud computing businesses and whether it's too difficult for businesses and users to switch cloud providers. It's another question mark around whether there is free and fair competition in tech. So, Arjun, is this the moment of reckoning for big tech? Do you know what, Tom? It's It's been so interesting, I'd say, the past six or seven years um, where we've been constantly talking about whether the regulators are going to hunt down big tech, are going to you know, get them to break up and tear their business models apart, and that just hasn't happened. And we've seen regulation 
uh, come into force, such as uh, the EU's uh, General Data Protection Regulation, which was seen as this landmark data uh, privacy um, bill uh, that came into effect a few years ago. And many were concerned that actually, you know, this could really impact the big tech players. But one of the things we've seen actually is, you know, you think about these giants, right? They've got armies of lawyers and public policy experts able to navigate the headwinds of, of some of this global regulation. They've continued to do so. Um, and so that reckoning hasn't happened yet. But there has been, I'd say, in the last year or, or year and a half, sort of a mindset shift in many of the major economies um, towards big tech and how they regulate that in the U.S., um, in the European Union, in the U.K., and indeed in China as well. And there's certainly a bigger push now for uh, tougher regulation on, on these big tech companies uh, and also um, trying to figure out how to regulate some of these these newer business models. That's where we're at right now. Is it a reckoning? Um, that remains to be seen. Um, it's certainly a very, very strong statement for many of the global regulators right now that they're serious about trying to tackle what they see anyway as the, the perceived uh, power, extraordinary power of some of these large technology companies. And it is extraordinary if you think about it. I mean, you often see heads of tech companies, you know, in rooms with le world leaders and, uh, you know, imparting uh, diplomatic advice and, you know, government business is sort of being passed through to, you know, being discussed directly with, you know, people that run tech companies. I mean, that's that's where we're at now. They, they, they hold influence, that's for sure. I mean, if you think the reason for that really is the way technology, I think, impacts our lives so much. You know, we're using um, mobile phones all the time. You think about the biggest mobile phone players in the world, Apple and Samsung and Google as well. We're using the software from these companies like Google in terms of on, on Android phones, on, on search. Um, you think about how people shop these days. It's online, it's e-commerce. You think about the products businesses are using from Microsoft. Um, you think about the chips from NVIDIA. These are just some of the names of the big uh, technology giants in the world. I've not even mentioned China at this point as well and some of the Chinese firms. So you can see why there is uh, such influence from these technology companies, from the, the leaders that run them, and, and how more and more tech is being intertwined with, with politics and with geopolitics as well. Um, and I think one of the things that's happened over the past few years is a lot of these tech companies globally have just kind of grown unregulated, unfettered, um, just without much oversight. And they just are now. They are just part and parcel of our daily lives. Into, yeah, absolutely. Built into our lives. And we were talking only a few weeks ago about how tech companies are trying to get into the auto market. So not only are they part of our daily lives, or, you know, or our working lives, uh, you know, they, they could be getting into transport, into cars, into you know, in big infrastructure, I imagine, is probably down the line. You know, they're thinking that far ahead. Exactly. You think about Google, talking about, you know, broadband business, or you think about uh, Amazon and Jeff Bezos' uh, uh, sort of sat satellite business. Well, that is big infrastructure as well. Think about finance. Would you would you trust a tech company to run your finance? Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, that was yeah. a direct question. Yeah, that was a direct wow, question. Wow, that's personal as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, some things, maybe some things, not everything. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'd have to, I wouldn't want to be the guinea pig. 
if, yeah. you, if you know what I mean. No, it's true. I mean, there's so much like fintech, financial technology yeah, yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. and you, I, I sort of wade in carefully. Yes. You know, I'm not I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. I, I sort of when you asked that, I was sort of thinking you were thinking right, big tech. So Amazon are opening a bank, or yeah. you know, do you bank with you know Google? Um, you know that. I mean, maybe that's where we'll be. You know, well, it's interesting with things, and you look at the way they approach it, right? You think about a Google, right, and and Apple as well. Apple Pay, mm. Google Pay, slowly, slowly, you know, contactless payments yeah, with your card. Okay, we've got a bit of Google in our financial life somehow. Yes, they're they're not our bank, but they're starting to make inroads there, and that's kind of a strategy you see in in different verticals, right? Like you talked about the auto space. Again, you see them slowly you know, foot in, slowly, slowly making inroads into these various markets. And then I think when you look at the way they approach it, that is part of, of regulators' concerns. Um, the power. The power and the way that I think they continue to diversify into different parts of the economy, into different areas of people people's lives. That is one of the big concerns, I think, with the regulators. So, so we when we when we talk about the 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 regulators and and what they are sort of looking at let's dig deeper into the actual investigations that are well we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the microsoft uh, and amazon one obviously but also other ones that are ongoing um at the moment yeah let, let's kick off with yeah. the most recent i think and that was that's here in the uk um so ofcom is the communications regulator in the UK, and they've been doing this study on the cloud computing market. So when we talk about regulation, there's so many different parts of technology that regulators are looking at, right? So right now I'm talking about the cloud computing market. These are the the big servers that these companies like Microsoft and Amazon and Google run, uh, and they sell their cloud services to, to businesses and also to individuals. You know, if you buy um, some extra storage space on, on, on your Google Photos, for example, that's run on Google Cloud and uh, same with Apple and, and iCloud as well. So they've been looking into the cloud market and Ofcom, the communications regulator in the UK, said it identified features which make it more difficult for UK businesses to switch cloud providers or use multiple cloud computing providers, and that it is, quote, particularly concerned about the position of market leaders Amazon and Microsoft. Now, Amazon and Microsoft command, I think, um, you know, an 80% share in the UK. Uh, They're huge in terms of cloud computing, and Ofcom had uh, a few concerns. Just before I get into the specifics, I want to just bring you a, a quick soundbite uh, from Fergal Faraher, who's the Ofcom's director responsible for this market study. He spoke to CNBC recently about the investigation. And our particular concern is about the ability of UK businesses to switch and mix and match across different providers. And we think this might restrict competition in the future and make it harder for rivals to challenge Amazon and Microsoft effectively. So that's why today we've referred the market to CMA. So three big concerns for Ofcom. Something they call egress fees. I, if you're a business and you want to transfer your data outside of your current cloud provider to a different one, um, Ofcom says that it's identified that there are these higher charges with some of these larger companies aimed to discourage um, customers from switching providers. The second one, they say, are technical restrictions. If you're using, say, uh, one cloud service, some of those services don't actually work with other cloud services very easily. So that's the, the second thing they found. And third, 
um, something they call committed spend discounts. If you're a business, uh, one of the big cloud players might offer you uh, more favorable terms or prices if you sign for a longer period of time or get more services. Uh, and again, they say this encourages customers to um, use a single cloud provider. So, so the picture they're painting here is it's difficult to switch. Yeah. The big companies are, are wielding their, their, their strength uh, and power. And it's not competitive. Yeah. You know, there, there are maybe other companies that just cannot get in because they've just you know, eaten up all the space, basically. You know, it's made, they've made it too difficult yeah. for people to, to go elsewhere. Yeah, and then, you know, look, the debate is on the flip side of that. Have these companies been able to get to the dominant position they have just because their product's better? Yeah. You know, is there, is there a smaller competitor that could take on these players? And it's something we've seen in the way the European Union, I think, has approached regulation. You know, they're concerned about, in particular, just by nature of where these these companies are from, the US big tech giants and their, their dominant position in certain markets uh, in the European Union. You know, their argument is, well, this is stopping European competitors from coming up. In European and, innovation. And innovation. But actually, you know, the flip side of that is, well, are there European companies to begin with that could challenge some of these large tech companies? And that's always the debate. And the criticism would also be you're being anti-business. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're actually stifling. What? Why would I try and go into this market and develop products and sell them here if you're then going to tell me, actually, no, you need to, we're going to put the brakes on? Yeah, I've, I've heard several times, you know, many criticise the European Union lawmakers for sort of regulating their way to innovation rather than innovating, you know, from gotcha. within. Gotcha. Um, again, we're not taking a point of view on this, but those are some of the, the debates laid out uh, as well. The second big story um, is around the Federal Trade Commission in the, in the US. Um, and they recently opened a huge complaint against Amazon in particular. It's massive, um, along with some states. Uh, in the US. And, and effectively, the FTC accused Amazon of wielding its quote unquote monopoly power to inflate prices, degrade quality for shoppers and unlawfully exclude rivals, thereby undermining competition. That's what the broad accusation is uh, towards Amazon. They they blame a couple of things. One, Amazon's what they call anti-discounting strategy. Uh, and two, um, they uh, accuse Amazon uh, of maintaining monopoly by coercing sellers to use Amazon's fulfillment uh, service, i.e. Amazon Prime and, and the delivery service and everything that comes with that. Amazon, on the flip side, argues, well, you know, the practice if they've done helps spur innovation. Uh, it's produced lower prices, faster delivery. Um, and these are some of the, the, the benefits that has been brought to the e-commerce market. Now, Lena Khan, very fascinating character, um, came to prominence. She's the head of the FTC, by the way. She came to prominence. Nice context, um, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she came to prominence because of a, of a paper she wrote a few years ago, an academic paper in which she sort of argued um, that Amazon was a monopoly uh, and sort of tried to lay out some of the arguments for that. And now she's head of the FTC. She's bringing this case against Amazon. Anyway, she spoke to, to CNBC in recent weeks about this particular complaint. Let's just listen in to what she had to say. This lawsuit is fundamentally about protecting free and fair competition. And the U.S. antitrust laws prohibit firms from using their monopoly power to punish or preclude or prevent competition. And that's what our lawsuit lays out that Amazon has done. So again, 
a very big regulator, the FTC in the US, going after a tech company in Amazon. And this is just, you know, these these are huge investigations. Um, we've also got in, in the European Union now looking at whether Microsoft's practices with Teams, um, which is the messaging software I'm sure many of our listeners uh, may use at work, um, again, is anti-competitive. So there does seem to be, back to your point, is this a regulatory reckoning? There does seem to be somewhat of a regulatory onslaught right now, uh, yeah. globally. And, I mean, when it comes to some of these things like Teams and you know, Microsoft obviously like packaging this product all together you know, with a bunch of different services that it provides, and, it, and the whole part of that you know, investment, the time spent in, in developing these, you'd imagine Microsoft uh, thinking, well, we get returns because they use this and this, and then we lock people into our product and they enjoy it. And that's how we continue our customer base. That They can't then go and pick and choose, oh, actually, I just want that bit of Teams. And I just want, actually, I want to take a bit from Apple and I want to take, that's not, what's the word? Uh, the bundling, yes, the bundling, but yeah. but but it's it's not very practical for the for these companies to be to be selling little bit part piecemeal bits of their tech. It, you know th- that's not going to work from a business perspective, is it? No, and I think that's what they argue. It, it, you know, the tech companies argue, well, so we've got this suite of products, um, and we can just offer all of them because it's easier for businesses. You know, if all their stuff's on on Microsoft, and I think the broader point here is this that a lot of these tech companies have built platforms, uh, huge, I hate the word, but ecosystems. Let's not use that again. Subscribe to the Squawkbox Europe Express podcast. Join Steve, Karen, and myself, Arabile, in unscripted and dynamic debate around the day's top stories with first and exclusive interviews of the best in business and global newsmakers, original points of view, and instant analysis of the latest business news and key market themes. Get set for the day ahead. Squawkbox Europe Express podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. Um, but they've built these huge ecosystems. Yeah. I've used it again, but it's fine. Uh, Another oh, word for ecosystems? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That yeah, that is um, yeah. world universes, something yeah. like that. Space? No, no. Suite of products. Yep. Uh, they built a lot of them. I don't like the word sweet. Yeah, Suggest it's very nice, maybe, uh, luxury. Maybe our listeners can. Yeah, that would be one thing to email, you know, or you, tweet, yeah, or X us. Can you help us out with another word for ecosystem, please? Because yeah. uh, so, we don't like it. Yeah, we digress. But um, but they have this this huge range of products. That's yeah. quite good, actually. Um, and and what you know what they argue is well, it's just easier, right? We can offer you this this range of products, and it can uh, suit all your needs. Uh, and the point is here that they've all grown into these giant platforms, and that's precisely what the regulators are concerned about. They have become big platforms that are hard to dislodge once they're in an organization or once they're, once they're uh, your, your de facto product of choice in whatever you're doing. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to name names, but before this podcast started, we were talking about what phone you use, what tablet you use, which, who do you, and, and I was talking about who I use, and I was saying, I just don't see me moving from, from there to there. I just, it's just too stressful. It's just too much. But that's because I'm so locked in. These products have, have just intertwined so easily together when you're using the same brand. And if you go off and pick, and, it's, it all starts getting a bit messy. It does. And, and it goes 
I think it begs the question, is that because, and this is not for you to answer as a rhetorical question, but is that because, you know, the, the products you're using are just that good? And they're great. And you're like, I'm happy to be locked in here. Uh, but I wouldn't even know if those products were better because how could I test them? You know, it's not like I, I don't know, it's not as easy as going into a a, a show, a dealership and saying, oh, can I try that car out, please? You know, you these things are over time. You, you use them, you know how they work in their particulars, their uniqueness, you know, you're, you're, you're geared towards it. And then you go off, you know, how do you train yourself to like, like another product? Because it, no one likes change, as you know, Ross said in Friends at one point in time. But you know, it's that feeling of like, oh, it's just, it's too much. Yeah, it, it is a lot. It's overwhelming sometimes to think about, oh, I've got to change a whole new setup. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and partly I think, you know, again, not naming names, and it's not, this is not just um, exclusive to, to smartphones and, and consumer electronics, but sometimes trying to get different products to work with each other in the tech world is hard. Like, it's just simple. The companies themselves don't make it easy, uh, perhaps on purpose and perhaps not. Uh, maybe that's just them saying, well, like, our, our, our system's better and, and that's it. And this is how it works. And we've built it this way because um, we want to keep control or whatever that might be. But, you know, that is all of these things are top of mind for regulators. This is why we're talking about it. All of these things that are top of mind for regulators. And I think all of these aspects of the world of tech are going to be closely scrutinized in the coming years. We've already started now with a lot on antitrust, anti-monopoly. Are these companies uh, abusing their dominant positions? That's the question regulators are, are asking right now. And that can be, when you dig into that, that can go back to how they use their large ecosystem and platforms. It can go back to, you know, how, if, a company's a dominant market share in a certain market. How do they use that dominant position? There's so many different aspects of it. And I think little parts of these are being looked at now, and that's what's going to happen. I think this is the, the the big regulatory push that we've been discussing for the past few years. Question mark is, how does it all play out? Mm. Okay, uh, well, we've talked a lot about, uh, as consumers, how do we interact with these products? But for investors, do you see this sort of spooking uh, investors down the line? Right now it hasn't, and I think that's because you often see the markets you know, look at something on the surface and go, well, nothing's actually happened yet. Yeah. There's an investigation, there's a case, this might, you know, in the in the case of the FTC, this might go to court. In the case of, of the UK regulators, uh, the Competition and Markets Authority, who are now looking at um, the, the case regarding the cloud market in the UK, um, and of course are still looking at the big deal going through between Blizzard. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, yeah. yeah. Um, that's still not cleared yet, and the UK is really the last ma major regulator holding that up. Um, the key for me is whether this affects the investment case into technology is, do these investigations and do the result of these investigations significantly change the business model for these companies? Let's say that some of the practices that the big tech giants have used to, to grow quickly, to gain users, and to extract profits, let's say some of those have to change. And there is then a material change in the um, profile, uh, the financial profile of these companies. That's going to be the biggest change at the end of the day. If profits begin to be hit, if revenue growth slows because of regulation, that's going to be the biggest issue. And um, you, know, you can look towards China for that to, to see 
some of the impacts of regulation. You stole my next question. I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, you know, it's not like you to, you know, steal my ideas. It's because we're so on song, you know. I just read your mind, and knew um, it was coming. Well, I did actually tease it at the start of the uh, of the pod, so it's not a complete I shock. Wasn't. You, that's refreshing. Um, <laughs> okay, China, they've had their own tech regulation purge type thing. Um, what? G- give us a little bit of background about that and why. If we delve in and we look at how that played out, whether we could learn or glean anything for other regulation we're talking about right now. Yeah, I just want to get a bit anecdotal here because I was, again, living in China at the time. Telling stories. It's what it was all about. Um, I was in China at the time when, um, you know, I landed at the back end of 2018 and tech was thriving. Uh, the big giants were growing. There was excitement. There was the big uh, CEOs of these companies, you know, flogging their new products and talking about the innovations happening. There was so much energy in the tech space. And then something happened in November 2020. Um, Ant Group, which is probably the largest fintech company that you've never heard of, Um it's, a, it's an affiliate of Alibaba, a giant Chinese e-commerce company, and ran one of the biggest mobile payments um, apps in China. It, it ran a bunch of other things like small business loans and various other products as well. Now, this company was going for a record-breaking IPO in November of, of 2020. And um, it was happening a dual listing in Shanghai and in Hong Kong. So I'd flown from, from the south of China uh, Guangzhou to Shanghai. Um, we we had a few minutes with the CEO of Ant Group uh, planned in, in a couple of days' time on the day of the IPO. I land, get to my hotel, drop my bags off, and my phone just starts pinging um, with, from our colleagues from the US calling me saying, what's just happened? We've just seen something on the wires that the Ant Group IPO has been pulled. And I was then frantically on my phone calling the company and finding out what's happened. Um, and they said, yep, it's been pulled. A statement's been put out by the uh, Shanghai Stock Exchange, which said that the company hasn't met the regulatory requirements to list. In a second, in a moment, this giant IPO was pulled. No warning, no nothing. It just evaporated. And that just sent investors into a frenzy. Um, Alibaba's stock dropped significantly. Nobody really knew what was going on. Um, They attributed it to some comments made by Jack Ma, who was the founder, who is the founder of Alibaba and also of of Ant Group, um, previously in which it appeared that he criticized regulators. But that moment was critical because it set off a series of events um, that the Chinese government um, did where they tightened regulation in the market. Over the next few months, through 2021 uh, and certainly into 2022, there was new regulation coming thick and fast in various different areas from uh, data protection to antitrust laws to various, various different areas. And it touched every Chinese company. All of these tech companies were put on notice. Now, regulatory reckoning, that happened in China for sure. Um, These companies lost hundreds of billions of dollars of value um, in in just a few weeks. investors were scared because the problem was the government introduced a lot of these regulations without any notice, often on a weekend. So when markets would open on Mondays in the US, a lot of these Chinese companies who were who were listed in the US 
saw their share prices just hit hard and they still haven't recovered. Growth has slowed significant, part, significantly partly because of the regulation, but also partly because of a slowing Chinese economy. Uh, many have criticized these regulations for the fact that they came in so quickly uh, and in such a way that kind of strangled the growth of these tech companies as well. Now, that was a lot of the regulations. I looked at, oh, that's quite sensible. But I think the biggest issue with it was the way that they were introduced. And that was without warning, uh, super quick, and without giving companies time to prepare for it. And that was a big issue. And I think that's dented investor confidence in um, Chinese tech companies. Uh, investors are scarred, quite frankly. And so I don't see that happening in Europe, and I don't see that happening in the US. I feel like the way the political systems are, they'll figure out a, a sort of more of a structured way to introduce some of those um, regulations. Uh, but it doesn't mean some of those regulations around, you know, antitrust, around data protection won't come into effect. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's leave it there. Um, but uh, let's find out what else is happening beyond the valley. Beyond the valley. So just one of the stories I want to pick up on, Tom, is this one, uh, China planning to boost its computing power um, by 50% in 2025. Some fun words coming up. Um, so it wants to have computing capacity in the country equal to 300 exaflops. Exaflops. Or your face. Uh, if I tell the, tell the listeners that your face was, was a picture. I mean, really confused, but excited. Yeah. Because I had to, I had to find out, you know, what's an exaflop and what does it even mean. Anyways, they want 300 exaflops computing capacity by 2025 from about 197 exaflops this year. So an exaflop or eflop is refers to a unit of computing power. So for context, one exaflop is equivalent to the computing power of two million mainstream laptops. That's just one exaflop, and they want 300 wow. exaflops. It's a lot of computing power. Of computing Why do they need that much computing power? Hmm. I should have asked that question. You, you answer it. You must know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you don't know. Was that rhetorical? I, I know. You do. Okay, so why do they need Why? <laughs> why? Uh, because of what we talked about on the last episode, AI. Mm. Mm. So... AI needs a lot of computing power, needs a lot of chips. To do that, uh, China is going to need a lot of exaflops. <laughs> and so will the US and so will everywhere in the world. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's boosting AI capabilities, it's boosting supercomputing capabilities um, to try to get a, uh, or stay apace with the developments and what's happening in tech. Um, going to be interesting. It's going to be something that is thrown again into the geopolitical sphere as the US and China battle it out for tech supremacy. Uh, this is a this is a story to watch. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, uh, before we go, uh, we do have, uh, of course, uh, stat of the week, which was sixty nine billion US dollars, Tom. In reference to what we've been talking about, which would it was a story I mentioned briefly in our regulatory chat. The fine that has been levied against uh, Amazon. No. The potential, no. no. Okay, way off it today. So it's the price Microsoft has proposed to pay for Activision Blizzard Oof. to buy the company. It's a big it? number, isn't it? 69 
billion. billion. For a gaming company. That's huge. Shows you the, the popularity of gaming. Call of uh, Duty. Do you play Call of Duty? No, I actually don't play any computer games. Really? None? No, I just don't have time. Fair enough. And you? I play. Yeah. I don't have time, but I do it anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. What, ga- what games? Loads of games. Really? Yeah. I mean, look, back in the day, don't get me wrong, yeah. I love computer games, you know, N64. I mean, now we're showing my age, but, you know. That was a, that was a fantastic console. Yeah. The problem I find is it's, I, I want to play a game, mm. but I can't just sit there for like 15 to 20 minutes. I need like a full-on gaming you know, session, like an hour or two at least. Yeah, really a whole afternoon. Like, yeah. Like to feel like I'm really, and you know, I just don't have that time. So I rarely play mm. unless I have a window of that, which is never. So. We should get, well, I think it would be right for, you know, the, the powers that be at CNBC to carve out some time for you to, you know. Yeah. Maybe install one at my desk. Mm. Something I'll ask for. Maybe our listeners feel strongly about this too. Yeah, do email in. <laughs> email in. Um, uh, well, uh, on that note, uh, do email in. Um, I've already mentioned it uh, at the top of the episode. But yes, beyond the valley at cnbc.com. If you agree that Arjun should have carved out time into his working schedule for, for gaming, um, please, yeah. If we get lots of emails, then I'm sure it will happen. Um, that's how it works here. Um, but uh, before you go, please follow and subscribe to the show. And um, I think that's it. So thank you, Arjun. Thank you, Tom. We'll be back next week for another episode of Beyond the Valley. Goodbye. Beyond the Family.